Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right, my friends. Well, welcome back to A Life Invested. I am super grateful to have, honestly, one of the best people that I know on the show today. Uh, He happens to be my brother-in-law. He's been wildly successful in his career, and I'm excited for everybody today to be able to learn from him and uh, understand what they can do to kind of follow what he has done to create um, financial freedom in his life and in his family's life and what he's currently doing to be able to help other people. My guest today is named uh, Nathan Fort. I'm just going to give a quick little intro for who Nate is and what he does. Um, Standing in a welfare line as a young man with his mother to collect donated groceries, Nathan's relentless determination to understand money was born. With appreciation for the loving sacrifices and hard work of his parents to support him and his siblings, Despite health complications and layoffs, living, in a fi- living a financially fearless life became Nathan's quest, and helping others to do the same later became his mission. Over the last 16 years, Nathan has developed and perfected the art of retirement planning, culminating in his three steps to financial fitness process, which has allowed hundreds of pre-retirees and retirees approach and thrive in retirement fearlessly. As host of the Retire Fit with Nathan radio show, Nathan shares invaluable insight into practical planning tips and strategies weekly with his listeners and guests. Um, if you are in, uh, if you are in uh, the Austin, Texas area, you can tune in on KLBJ at eleven o'clock on Sundays, um, eleven a.m. Uh, Nathan has also contributed to his industry by serving on multiple national boards and training hundreds of financial advisors across the country on proven retirement strategies. He holds the Chartered Advisor for Senior Living designation and the retirement income certified professional designation. Super impressive. Um, and a little bit about his personal life. Nathan's married, uh, Nate, Nate married his best friend, Lindsay, who happens to be my sweetheart sister, incredible family. Um, he married her in 2004 and their family of six children is their pride and joy. Uh, between homeschooling, boating, sports, church activities, and taking care of their uh, 150 pound dog, it is a mammoth and 19 chickens. They also make time for pizza and a and a lazy movie night. So grateful to have Nate on the show. Nate, welcome, man. Hey, so pumped to be here. Hey, little update. We're down to 18 chickens. So I got to oh, update dude. that bio. What, what, happened, what happened to the other one? <laughs> we don't even know. My son went out there to check on him and it, one just it was limp. Bruno. So, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's their dog. That's the 150 pound uh, dog. Man, Roger, it. what an intro, man. I need to listen to that every morning just to get pumped and start the day off right. Dude, listen, here's the thing, man. You deserve it. That You really do, brother. You're as as good as they get. So excited to be able to chat with you, to learn from you, and to have my uh, listeners kind of be a sponge to everything that you can share um, with them today. I'm going to start off with just a couple questions. It's the question I really like to start off with because I want individuals who are listening to the show to be able to understand how to create a dream lifestyle. Um, The title of the podcast is A Life Invested, and obviously we talk about investing in assets and people and how to become free. And so first and foremost here, if people um, would like to create the, the lifestyle, lifestyle he or she wants, where, where would they begin? Oh man, you gotta, you gotta know what you want. You know, yeah. uh, I, I think just naturally you're going to figure out a way to do what you've got to do, you know? And if, if what you want is not what you have to do, um, it's going to be difficult to make it happen. You know, for me, I had a lot of uh, fear and anxiety about money just with experiences I had with it early on that uh, kind of molded my my vision, my dreams and what I wanted to accomplish in life. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's a whole lot more to that story. You know, in, in my bio, I talk about standing in a welfare line with my mom and, um, you know, that was a, a church uh, food storage warehouse uh, and there's a whole lot more to it. I remember being nine or 10 years old and watching my mom have a seizure right in front of me. And it was a wow. stress, stress induced seizure because we were having some really hard financial times. My dad had lost his job a bunch and it was really hard for him to find work. And uh, we were in the process of losing, I think it was our second house at the time. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of eight kids. And, uh, you know, at that time, I think we had five living in the house. But uh, I just I just saw the toll that uh, financial problems had on on my family and my mom. And, you know, I was terrified about money until I I learned about it. So I think that's the key is is, you know, literacy, 
uh, information, gaining knowledge can do a lot to uh, uh, kind of dispel fear and anxiety. And, and for me, I just never wanted to have those types of experiences with money. Uh, you know, at an early age, I just never wanted to deal with what my parents were going through. And I, I was so scared of that, that I was just super aware of uh, people who had, uh, at least in my mind, kind of won the game and found success and didn't have the stress and concerns and anxiety that I saw my parents experience and, and uh, just kind of emulated them and really wanted to be like them. And, and, and uh, I can't remember when exactly it happened, but at some point I decided, you know, that's what I've got to have. I have to have that. And uh, when, when that kind of, when that switch goes off in your mind, you realize I have to have that. Uh, your, I, I think your subconscious just somehow finds a way to get there. You know, it's almost like uh, if, if you uh, start shopping for a particular car and uh, maybe you're a few days into it and you're just researching it, reading the specs and uh, all of a sudden you start noticing that car everywhere, right? You see it on the highway, you see it in parking lots and you're like, man, I've never seen some, I never realized so many people have this car. Well, you know, it, it wasn't that thousands of people just went and bought that car you're shopping for all of a sudden. So all of a sudden you're, you're just aware. And, and I think uh, when, you have, when you have that switch go off and, and you kind of know in your mind what you want, you just, you just start to become aware of opportunities to make it happen. You become aware of opportunities to sacrifice things that are in the way, the things that you, you probably wouldn't know were in the way unless, unless you had that uh, kind of vision in your mind. I uh, absolutely love those comments. I think they're really, really important. And one of the reasons I think they're so important is because our belief systems really sculpt and mold what our futures are, right? And who we end up becoming. And our achieving potential uh, really stems from our ability to be able to visualize what we want in our lives. Right. And then to continually think about it all the time and ruminate on it and figure out how to get it. It kind of goes back to the whole Napoleon Hill, you know, ideology of you've got to figure out what you want. You've got to write it down and you have to get granular about how you're going to get there. And you have to be hell bent on what you're going to do in order to make it happen. Cause I think there's so many people, if I were to go into a room, um, you know, and ask a group of people, Hey, how many individuals in here would love to make, you know, 50 K to hundred K a month or whatever it is, every single person would raise their hand, right? Every person there, if there was a thousand people in the room that I'll think that's the greatest thing ever, but a very, very small percentage, I would honestly say one to 2% of the people in that room are going to be willing to actually put in the work <laughs> right. to, to, to make it happen, right? And to study and to, you know, invest time into it. And so what, what kind of things have you done in your life to be able to get to where you currently are? Obviously, the belief system is important, but what are some of the habits that you've employed to be able to get to where you're at? Um, I'd say... Uh, Paying close attention to people who are where you want to be, uh, I think is a big thing. Um, if you're going to start on a journey and you have a goal you want to accomplish, uh, it's going to be so much more difficult to get there if you don't have a model, right? Or a number of models uh, to pay attention to. And what I've learned is, man, people for the most part, successful people, people have really conquered and, and they've achieved, man, they're a whole lot more open than you would think they would be about sharing their experience and what they learned. Um, I think part of that is because, uh, uh, you know, and for me, I, sometimes I feel a sense of this. I, 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 feel, um, I, I feel proud of what I've been able to accomplish. And, and if I can help somebody do the same thing, it's almost like you get to relive the accomplishment again, right? And, and, and you get some satisfaction from it. So I'd say, uh, yeah, pay, get mentors. You know, if, if you're in a particular business and uh, maybe, maybe you're a salesperson and you want to reach a, a certain uh, level of production, uh, yeah, how much time are you spending with the guy or the girl who's doing a whole lot more than you? And, you know, there's that, uh, I forgot who it was that said it, but you, you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yes, right? absolutely. So it kind of makes you think, well, who am I spending the most time with? Right. And it, it's a pretty true rule. So be careful about that. You know, um, some people might need to make some hard decisions about who they're spending time with. You know, if you want to bring up your average and, um, this shouldn't hurt anybody's feelings, 
you know, everybody should have this focus, right? Yes. Yeah, they should. I, I'd say uh, reading, man. Uh, yes. You know, if, and I know, Roger, this is uh, this is something you're super passionate about, and I wish I was as good a reader as you are, um, and as committed to it. But man, imagine imagine being able to sit down with somebody who is at the pinnacle of where you want to be. Like they yeah. are there, like they're in your dream position. And imagine having five minutes with that person, right? Um, and, and then imagine having 30 minutes with that person. Um, reading their book is so much more valuable than that because uh, what's going to happen is there's so much thought and preparation and reflection that goes into writing a book. Uh, it's almost like having that that personal time with that individual, but then they have all the time in the world to think about and prepare their answer to your question, right? Yeah. Uh, we don't get an experience like that. Even if you got, you know, 30 minutes in the room with someone who was, was just your, your idol um, and, and you wish to have them as a mentor, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to scratch the surface really with what you can get. But if you get their book, you get, you're basically downloading their brain. Yeah, I, that is such an important principle, I think, that you're teaching. And I'm actually going to uh, piggyback off of what you just said and talk a little bit about Michelangelo, if, if that's okay, for just a second. Because what's interesting about what you're teaching is there's a really large correlation between an individual being willing to learn information and then they're learning the information immediately moving towards application of what they're learning. Because some people, unfortunately, think... Hey, you know, if I if I am willing to learn this, it's going to automatically equate to my success in this particular field. But it's not like you can absorb information and it automatically gets you from point A to point B in a linear way. It's more like, okay, I've learned the information now. How do I apply it? And what's really, really interesting is a lot of people who are chasing money will find that they're trying to drink from a mug with a hole in the bottom, right? It doesn't ever fill you. You hit really big money goals and then you just push for higher money goals and higher money goals and higher money goals. And it's not anything that's truly fulfilling. What I think is very, very interesting is what, what makes us very, very happy is this idea of developing ourselves and developing other people. And money seems to be a bit of a byproduct of that, of that uh, process, right? Like when we are right. becoming better and helping other people become better, we, we end up making a lot of money along the way. Money finds you. It does. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's it, a lot of it. And it's, it almost becomes, um, it's, it's a bit of, well, it, not a bit, it is a large paradox, right? Like when, when our focus goes away from money towards people, money is kind of attracted to what, to what we're doing. Um, yeah. So it's almost like there's a, there's a vacuum, like a, yep. a value vacuum, right? If, if you just create this value vacuum, money's just going to get sucked into it. Wow, that's a really good, I love that idea, man. You ought to write about that you know, the value vacuum because that's amazing. Yeah, and and uh, that's uh, I think that's important to remember. And you're brilliant by uh, for bringing that up. That you know people are chasing the wrong thing, right? Yeah. If, uh, if if your intent is to help others and do the very best you can, and you know apply your skills to lift others, uh, then it's just a matter of. Uh, you know, finding the right platform for monetizing that. And that's the easy part. You know, if you've created the value and you've got the people that, that need what you have, um, that's the hard part, right? Yeah. Yes. Monetizing that. I mean, there's a thousand different ways to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think to your point, I mean, that is such a great, uh, that's a great thing to talk about too. And so um, kind of moving back to this Michelangelo idea, what was interesting with the Sistine Chapel is he was painting 12. Well, I mean, the guy was a genius and well, and I, I'm going to put genius in, you know, quotation marks because that's what everyone thought he was like. This guy is just super smart. And they almost felt like he was genetically a, a prodigy because of everything he could do with engineering and sculpting and being an artist. And I mean, he painted the Sistine Chapel. It was, I can't imagine painting 10 square feet and it was 12,000 square feet, <laughs> right. you know, and it took him four years to do it. And um, this is interesting. There's this quote by this guy named Creighton Gilbert. I'm going to read it really, really quick. It's interesting. He says, uh, Michelangelo's tormented and lonely work went on for four endless years. Imagine what it must have been like working for hours, 
high up on a dangerous catwalk, like lit only by candlelight in an incredibly uncomfortable position, lying on his back or with his arms continuously raised and his eyes fixed on the ceiling. Imagine the cramps and the beating his eyes took. In fact, his sight remained damaged forever after. Not to mention the bother of the paint constantly dripping onto his face. Michelangelo fell twice from that catwalk, even breaking his leg, but he continued to paint, to create. And then later, this, the author of this book, he says, to call Michelangelo a genius is an insult because it suggests that he had some genetic advantage that allowed him to do what he did. When really what Michelangelo did was he learned, he invested his time into becoming something different than everybody else because he was willing to do things other people weren't willing to do. And then he worked his butt off, right? He just, he was constantly working. So if you don't mind, I would love to hear from you kind of what, what the correlation between learning and application has been in your life of what you have learned. Oh man, I, I think to expect, uh, you got to expect opposition in anything you try to do and you just have to be determined to not give up. You know, yeah. uh, you can learn a great principle or strategy. It could be a, you know, business strategy and, and you just kind of have to know, you know, when I get on my feet and I try to apply this, the, the, the world is going to push against me. Right. And yeah. it's going to be hard, uh, because there's, there's no, you know, two people who are identical uh, with, with, with identical, uh, scenarios and situations and circumstances. So, so your experience is going to be unique, uh, no matter how closely you try to follow somebody else or somebody else's model. So to a degree, you're going to kind of have to learn the application, the right application for you, for your business, for, uh, your family. So you, you kind of have to know there's going to be a little bit of a fight, right? Um, yeah. And I think that's, if you could, if you could boil down, you know, a few principles that I think are behind every successful person, I, I think that's one of them is they're just relentless, you know, yeah. just totally unwilling to quit. And I, I think so many people are so close to incredible success, but they, they just don't go that extra couple steps uh, out of fear or pain right? Think of Michelangelo in that example, man, that guy probably had muscle cramps and he, he probably had a whole lot of other things to do, right? Maybe he had some friends or some family, but dude, four years painting that thing. And he, he got his butt kicked doing that. Probably had a whole lot of opportunities to throw in the towel. And I, you know, I think back on my life and I've had a lot of, a lot of opportunities to throw in the towel as well. But I, you know, I, I just think, uh, uh, that comes down to, you know, what we talked about in the beginning, what's your vision and how bad do you need it? Is it something you want or is it something you, you really need and you're not going to give up until you get it? Yeah, I really, I really, really appreciate that, man. This is so good, dude. Um, I knew that I would absolutely love this meeting. I just, <laughs> I just think the world of you, man. I really do. So this is so fun to have you on the show and to kind of chat about these things. I'm excited for everybody else to be able to hear what you're sharing too, and to be able to immediately take what they're learning and apply it to their lives. Um, I wanted to share something else that's really, really interesting. If we can, if, if we can stop comparing ourselves to the accomplishments of others and really go us against ourselves, we're going to end up finding that we accomplish a whole lot more because today's limits become tomorrow's standards, right? That's something that Adam Webb said, and I really, really like that idea. So if my goal is to be able to hit, I don't know, 100K in a month, whatever, and so I hit that, and then, well, my next goal needs to be 250K in a month than 500 K. Right. And so it's a, it's a, it's something that it doesn't really matter what anybody else is doing. Who I don't care. Like, I really don't care. The iron cowboy, James Lawrence, he's incredible. He was, he did 50, um, Ironmans in, uh, in 50 States, um, back to back. And the scientists yeah, said that I it was this guy. That's crazy, dude. It's, it's unreal. Like I, I would never in my, in, like, I would never ever even think about doing this. Most people train for one Ironman and think it's amazing. And he does. I, 50. I, I think most people don't even train for an Ironman. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And so I look, <laughs> I look at him. And I think, it's definitely not going to be more than one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I look at these people and I just think, dude, human beings are amazing what is driving this dude, you know, and it's, it's not other people because he already squashed everyone else. In fact, he set the world record with his little thing that he did with these 50 Ironmans in 50 different States, you know, back to back, it was the world record, but the person who held the previous record, guess, guess who it was? It was him. So he wasn't trying to beat anybody else, but himself, he had set the world record in 2012. 
And so I think, wow, this is a, it's really, really cool, right? People are constantly just trying. It's, it kind of goes again, back to this idea of it, it's, it's about progression and seeing what the human will has the ability to, to do. I think it's awesome. You've been able to accomplish so much. I mean, so much, what has discipline done for you, man? How, how's that been applied? And well, the, the thought I had as you're talking about that is I, I think there's so much that our our physical bodies can teach us about yes. progress and improvement that we can learn about developing ourselves mentally and and professionally. And uh, one thing you and I have in common is we we like to hit the gym. You know, I, I actually think that's more of a mental and emotional workout than it is a physical one. At least that's just been my experience. But uh, if you get in there and you want to get, you know, you want to add weight to your bench press or something, or, you know, the, the worst, the worst thing you could do is look at the weight some dude next to you has stacked onto the bar, right? What does that have to do with you at all? Like nothing at all. Yeah. That, that, that guy's pumping, uh, you know, hundred, you know, 50% more weight than you are, but what does that mean to you? What matters is what can you do? How hard are you working? What were you doing last month, two months ago? And uh, do you do you feel stronger? Do you feel healthier? Are you able to put more more weight than than you've done before uh, on there? So if you start to, uh, there's just no benefit you get by doing that, unless it's uh, it maybe inspiration. I mean, you can you can feel motivated, like man, look how look how far that guy's come. Um, I want to be like that, and that could motivate you more to uh, to be a little more dedicated to your game. But at the end of the day, it's your game. You're you're competing against yourself. And, and I think this whole idea of, of discipline, uh, you know, one, one suggestion I would make to anybody who might feel like they, they need a little more of it is uh, look for opportunities to practice with it a little more. Uh, and, and that's one thing, honestly, I've really enjoyed about working out and hitting the gym is uh, I practice every morning doing stuff that, that hurts. You know, I, I practice every morning, uh, you know, pushing, pushing a few more reps in, you know, uh, you know, where, where I would normally probably want to give up. I can, I can do a couple more and it hurts. I'm sweating. And I, I, that's where I say, this is good, good mental and emotional workout. So, so the rest of the day, uh, when you're faced with stuff that's hard to do, it's like, dude, I've, I've already practiced doing hard stuff. Right. So that, that can kind of help you get in the right mindset too. It really can. Yeah. Um, Wow. That was all really, really good stuff because I, I think a lot of people think of, uh, you know, it, it almost goes back. It, it goes back to what, what is the desire somebody has in what's their why or their, what's the outcome they're looking for whenever they start pursuing a particular objective. And if it's ever something that's not, um, based around becoming, you know, a, a better person, uh, you might be able to, my dogs in here with me, you may be able to hear my dog. Uh, but it's interesting, then it's going to affect the outcome. And what I mean by that is um, like if somebody is strictly going to the gym only to get stronger, it's going to be it, it's going to be a challenge because when they hit that benchmark, they're going to think, well, now what? Now, yeah. why am I here? Right. Right. And then it becomes monotonous and it becomes frustrating. And they're like, why am I even doing this? Why am I waking up earlier? Why am I eating healthy? What's the reason for any of it? But what's really, really cool is when an individual starts going and they realize that, like you said, I love that you had explained that the gym is just as much for our mind as it is for our body because we're able to master something that has the potential to, um, in, in a lot of people's lives, they individuals let their mind rule them, right? Throughout the day, it's like, I'm tired, I'm going to go to sleep. Well, what I love about waking up early is it's like, I don't really care if I want to go to sleep. Like I'm getting up and into the gym. It's like, I don't really care if it hurts. I'm going to do it anyway. And like you said, it's so cool. Cause later in the day we experience these things that are hard. And instead of, instead of cowering back and be like, Oh man, I'm just going to put that off. Like Brian Tracy says, he says, eat that frog, just do the hard things, right? You yeah, just right. go do it because it's like, yeah, I, I, I can do, I can do hard things, you know? And so I love that. And I wish, I wish I could remember who said this, uh, went something like, uh, if you spend your life doing what most people won't do, you'll eventually be able to do what most people can't do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so if you kind of make the decision to do the hard things, you're going to find yourself, uh, doing things that are outside of the reach of other people. And, uh, you know, it's not that anything is really great about you other than the fact that you just, you, you ate the frog. Man, yep. Every 
every morning you got up and you did it, you did your grind. And, um, yeah, that's where, you know, some people just don't get that far, you know? <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's, I think that's exactly right. And I think one of the things that you had mentioned earlier that I really, really liked, um, there's this image I'm going to, I wish I usually use a whiteboard on these in zoom meetings, but since we're on a podcast, we will just, I'll just have to try to paint this picture. I don't know if anybody have seen the listeners have seen this image of there's, it basically shows two tunnels, right? And on the top tunnel, you have this guy that's, you know, hacking away with a pickaxe, trying to get to these diamonds that are like 20 feet away from him. Right. And then you have this guy on the bottom tunnel, who's about two inches away from getting to these diamonds. And you see him turning around to go backwards. So the first guy is like, just, he's, he is just hell bent on getting there. He's going to get there. I love the word you used. I think it's such a great word. Relentless, right? Like, I don't care. Um, I can, I will watch me type mentality. I'm going to do it. And I don't care what anyone else says because I've got my mind set on it. And then you have this guy that's just so close, so close. And life has a way. I don't know why this is the case. It's amazing, but it's just how it works. It will test us. It doesn't come easy for anyone. And anybody that tries to make it look like it has, they're fooling you, right? Like, so we see these people that are, you know, you scroll through Facebook feeds or Instagram feeds and it's these you know, these guys standing by a Lamborghini, it's like, you can have this overnight or whatever it is. It's like, no, this, there's some work that goes into it. There's some discipline and some real, I mean, effort that's required. And when they're, when, when it feels like you're close and you want to give up, what I think is amazing is you, you have to have tenacity and keep going. Even when you want to fall down, you know, even when you want to give up, you got to keep dragging yourself. And finally it's cool. You, you break through those last two inches and you get to the mine of diamonds and it, and it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, something interesting that happens too is I think you start to, uh, you start to love the grind. Yes, you, you do. W- when you know where it's getting you, you know, uh, to take your image, that the guy who's going after the diamonds. I mean, um, it, it, you know, it hurts. He, he's in pain. He's probably got blisters, but um, he loves what he's doing because he knows where it's getting him. And I think life is kind of a funny thing. It'll, it'll hand you whatever you want. If you just don't give up, you know, if, if you work hard enough, uh, people are going to get out of your way. Life's, you, you know, challenges are, are going to break in front of you and you'll get there. Right. It's just, uh, the, the whole idea of just committing and being relentless and but being smart along the way too. Right. So if someone shows up with a jackhammer, you know, you should probably, uh, you know, maybe there's a better tool you could use, you know, right. That's where the, the reading comes into play and paying attention to other people that are digging holes, trying to get to the diamond suit. You might get some ideas, or maybe there's uh, some equipment, maybe there's some gloves you can put on that, you know, there's, there's things you could do to, uh, that could help you, uh, on your journey. Um, I, I just read a quote by, uh, I think it was Abraham Lincoln. He's like, give me six hours to chop down a tree. I'm going to spend the first hour sharpening the ax. So, so, you know, sometimes we, uh, we can get a little, uh, emotional and, and, and overzealous about something and just jump in, uh, without too much thought for preparation and, you know, making sure you, you know what you're doing and, uh, you know, you can overthink stuff too, but, uh, you can also underthink at the same time. And, and I think that's where literacy, uh, education, podcast books and getting mentors can really help you cut some corners there. Yes, dude. Yes. A million times. That is so good. I wish, I I hope so bad that the people that are listening to this right now, take everything you just said and use it in their lives. A lot of times I really feel like sometimes we get these, these messages in our mind and we think, oh, those are so good, but people have to learn how to move those down into who they are and into their heart and let it become a part of what they do because everyone has another two or three hours to binge watch a Netflix series, but no one wants to go read a book. And so everyone asks me, well, how, you know, you have all these people asking about how we get what we get and what's going on. It's because we're doing things that people don't want to do and they suck a lot of the times. It's hard. It's not like we just, there's, there's times it would be more fun to do other things, but it's, I I love so many ways to, there's so many ways to waste time. Holy Yes. So it's, many. It's so easy. Uh, it you is, know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a good reader. I, I mean, I, I, I never have been. Um, but I do it because, man, it, it changes my life. I mean, if I look at uh, big adjustments I've made in my life that I think were really 
pivotal and kind of launched me. Um, I can think of a book I read right around that time, you know, yeah, uh, yep. there, there's something that, uh, that triggered my mind and, and man, uh, illumination in the brain. And, and I was able to, uh, uh, make a change, you know, there's, there's almost no excuse. I mean, you could, you could have a book read to you, you know, get your audio books and, and podcasts. And if you're, yeah, you think of how much time you spend in your car commuting, driving around, uh, what are you listening to? You know, could you be listening to a brilliant person kind of brain dumping on you, or you could, uh, you know, kind of thoughtlessly listen to some, some lame music or, you know, and sometimes you need to just turn everything off and let, let your mind go. Right. Um, so I, I think it, I think it comes down to being intentional, right? If, if you know what you want and you're, and you're relentless about it, you're going to pay attention to opportunities to kind of fuel your mind in that direction. And you're going to pay attention to opportunities to just cut things off that are in your way. Dude, this is so good. Yeah, because it's almost like we have to take our mind. So Nelson Mandela, it was really, really cool that the amount of time he spent in prison, he used it as a gym for his mind. He used it as resistance to become mentally a, a mental athlete like the world has never known, right? And it freed him. And it's so cool what it does for us in our lives. It's the most incredible thing. When we're sitting in a car, it's like, uh, we think about our physical bodies. It's like, I don't want to go to the gym. We go anyway. Well, in the car, it's like, well, I don't really feel like listening to a book because it, I just want to chill for a little bit. Well, listen to the book anyway. Turn it on. It's amazing. So Jocko Willink, who's an incredible Navy SEAL instructor, he wrote Extreme Ownership. Um, he said this, this is so good. He says, when your feelings are screaming that you have had enough, when you think you're going to break emotionally, override that emotion with concrete logic and willpower that says one thing, I don't stop. Right. And that is, that is a, I love it too, dude. I love it. And Rolf Waldo Emerson said this, this is great. He said, just to piggyback off of what Jocko said, he said, that which we persist in doing becomes easier to do. Not that the nature of the thing has changed, but that our power to do so, our power to do so has increased. And what I think is so cool and interesting about this idea is that not only does our power increase to get it done, we become different people. So we, our, our character is developed and we actually start to crave the gym. We, cra we crave things that make us better physically. And we also start to crave things that make us better. Like mentally, I think it's the coolest thing, dude. I think it's the most wonderful principle ever. And I just, I want everyone to be able to internalize it because it's game changing. Like, it's just so good. You know, I love it. Well, I think you get a better appreciation for the things that challenge you mentally and emotionally too. You know, things that yeah. maybe you used to be terrified of and run away from. Now you're like, man, bring it on because I know what's going to happen to me when I get over this, I'm, I'm going to yep. be stronger. Uh, I'm going to have more ability to overcome the next challenge. And man, if, if you're living a life with no challenges, you're not going anywhere. You know, if you don't, if you don't have any problems, uh, you're not going anywhere. You know, I've, I've read, uh, um, some of Grant Cardone's books and, uh, one, one principle I like that he talks about is this whole idea of, of having problems. You just, you just need to have the right problems. Right. And, and that's a sign of, of, of progress and improvement is that you're, you've got new problems to deal with. Right. And so if your intent is to live a life with no challenges, no problems. You just have to know that's not going to get you anywhere. You know, you just got to practice being tough, right? And start small. You know, if, if you're not ready to, uh, for example, you know, we use the, the, the gym example. If you're not ready to hit the gym every day for an hour, uh, do something, just wake up and stretch, you know, maybe do a couple pushups, start small. Uh, man, uh, I recommend the uh, Atomic Habits book. Yeah, great book. Ex excellent book. Uh, kind of a blueprint for, creating new habits and starting easy. And, and man, you're, there's so much, uh, there's so much science, uh, around our minds that we've figured out. Uh, there's almost like this, uh, jujitsu you can do on yourself. If you want to get yourself to quit doing stuff, you know, is destructive and start doing things that, you know, are going to propel you. I mean, there, there are strategies you can implement, uh, in, in doing that. Yeah, there sure are. There, there, there really are. I'm actually going to, off of what you just said, um, man, this has been so meaningful. I, we've got about, we, we've got about five to 10 more minutes. Um, and so I'm just, I wish I dude, I'm sitting good, here thinking man. I could talk to you for another two this hours. Is great. It's so good. I'm I want to so talk about, much. I'm pumped. Oh dude. I love this man. <laughs> thank, thank you so much again for being on this. This is great. I, I want to talk a little bit about Will Smith for just a second. Um, 
because a lot of times too, what I, this is what I don't like, uh, in just a generalization about society, a a mind shift that needs to happen. If we're going to see some major progress, and this is why I love capitalism so much. Um, people love to make excuses about things that come hard to them or make them uncomfortable. And so they'll say, well, it just, right. Will Smith has those things because it's easier. Roger has this stuff because it just comes easy to him or or he's lucky or Nate has these because he's lucky. And I just want to say that's garbage and people need to know. And the reason is, yeah, you cannot deposit excuses into the bank that doesn't work. Right. And what I think's amazing is, uh, this is great. So this is a quote by Will Smith. This is what he says. It's so good. He says, I've never really viewed myself as particularly talented. I love this. Where I excel is ridiculous, sickening work ethic. While the other guy is sleeping, I'm working. While the other guy is eating, I'm working. The only thing that I see that is distinctly different from me is that I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. You might have more talent than me. You might be smarter than me. But if we get on a treadmill together, there's only two outcomes. You're getting off first or I'm going to die. I will not be outworked, period. It's such a simple, basic concept. The majority of people aren't achieving the things that they want strictly based on hustle. And I just think, man, yeah, dude. I mean, it gives me the chills. I'm reading that going, man, Will Smith, preach, dude, because every every single time I hear somebody making an excuse about why they can't have something, are they, are they reading, are they reading two books? And we, are they willing to get their nose into something they don't know yet? Are they trying to learn from people that have been there and done that? What I think is amazing about our current culture is that back in the old days, we live in the most incredible world. Everyone can say all this negative stuff about the world, but we live in an incredible world where back in the day you had to go to the Ivy leagues to be able to learn from the masters, right? And people would pay outrageous amounts of money just to be able to learn from the world's masters. What's amazing is I can buy a book right now for $14 and learn from the smartest people in the world. I can get on YouTube and I can learn from the smartest people that are currently walking the planet about a particular subject. And I think what a place, what a time to be alive, man. It's amazing. And and you can have that book in your pocket in seconds. Paid for, delivered. You can even have like you can even have someone reading it to you, like spoon feeding the information to your brain. Yes, Uh, you can. If you're just open to it. Man, I I love that. That's just the whole idea of not giving up. You're going to get, you're going to reach your goal if you just don't quit. Right. Yep. And, and if, and if you feel like it's uh, uh, you feel like giving in, may, maybe you need a bigger, why, you know, why, why am I doing this? Maybe you need a, a little time to help clarify that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good point. I I'm grateful that you said that um, people in understanding why they're doing something will drive them further than they could ever imagine. And it goes back to the age old saying, and, you know, uh, Alice in Wonderland with the Cheshire cat, when he asks Alice, where are you going, Alice? And she's like, well, I don't really know where I'm going. Well, then it doesn't really matter what road you're taking. But <laughs> right. if we know where we want to be, and I think Stephen Covey, you know, illustrated these principles so well in saying, begin with the end in mind. For me, I think, okay, what do I want? What do I, and we have to be intentional, like you said, I, like we really have to think, okay, how what is it that I want to accomplish in 50 years from now? What's my life going to look like? And then how do I get there? And it almost, it's, it's really cool because like you said, in the beginning of our conversation here, our subconscious starts building in our, in our mind, how to get to that place, you know, and we can ask for help along the way, whether people, I believe in God, some people believe in the universe, whatever it is, it's it, people can ask for help from God, the universe mentors, other people that have been there and done that. There is people available to get Man, what we want. And if you could just harness that and, and fuel your mind with positive information and good motivation, your, your subconscious is, is going to get to work. You know, it can work against you too. Like if, if you're focusing on the fear, uh, that's going to get you too. I, I just went wolf hunting up in Idaho. And, uh, before we go to sleep at night, we have conversations about, you know, bears and what would we do if, uh, you know, brown bear comes through the camp and I'm sleeping with a 10 millimeter on my chest and, and I'm kind of role-playing w- what I would do, you know, if this big, big, nasty creature comes through the camp. And that was the last thing that went into my head as I'm laying there going to sleep. And I'll tell you every snapped 
twig, every, you know, rock <laughs> rolling over in the river was a giant grizzly bear. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was just on high alert the whole night. I mean, the slightest little sound would wake me up and I was just, just ready to go, ready to go. Uh, so we kind of do that to ourselves, right? We, we think of these horrible scenarios and we think of all these reasons that we're going to fail and, you know, what's so-and-so going to think of me if I don't reach my goal, whatever, get that out of your brain, man. Uh, everybody deals with that. Right. But, but the Will Smith's out there are the ones that face that and they fill their mind instead with all the reasons why they're doing it. And you start to envision how great your life is when you reach your goal. And, and then all of a sudden your subconscious starts, starts preaching to you. Right. And, and, and now everything is going your way. Right. So you gotta kind of train your brain to be on your team. Yeah, you do. What a great way to say it too. Yeah. It's, it's like some people, they don't like to be alone with themselves. They don't like to be alone in a room with their thoughts uh, because they're afraid of, you know, the what ifs and the, the, they're, concerned about the the future, the potential future failures instead of the, well, what if it works? And what if everything goes well? Right. And what if I get what I want? We're, we're so afraid of being wrong. Too. Yes, we are. You know, a lot of us are just, we're just terrified of it. We just, we want to stay so far from it that we don't even try, you know, because, because what if we don't do it? What if we're wrong? Man, uh, get some, again, this, again, this is what the gym does for me. I practice failing every day, right? Like I'm going to go to failure with a lot of my workouts. Um, cause you know, that's where sometimes the best progress is made is when you can go to failure, you know, you, you tear your muscle fibers and you learn from it and you, you get better and stronger from it. And if you're, if you're not allowing yourself to fail and you're not giving yourself permission to be wrong, where are you going to go? You know, yeah. you're never going to try. So you got You got to be willing to, to face those challenges. Yeah, I I love that. Um, there's some I I really really like this. Um, maybe we'll end with these these thoughts here. Uh, again, I think I had like 30 other questions I was going to ask you. Maybe I'll, I'll have to have you on the show again. Hey, we'll uh, do part that, two. Yes, we will. We need a part two. Um, but I'll, I'll say this: it's really interesting. I think we either people need to get rid. They need to just completely abolish the idea that failure is wrong or or bad. Right. So. Um, it, it's, it's weird. We're, I'm not a huge fan of the traditional schooling system, public schooling system, because of what, the way that it, it conditions society's mind to, to feel like, um, it's, it's like an, an A is good and just regurgitate information. And that's how you succeed, right? Instead of like actually learning and developing a mind and understanding processes. And if you fail, you're bad. Instead of looking at failure, I want to teach me and my sweetheart, we don't have kids yet, but that's going to be amazing because I can't wait to teach my kids to fail. And I, I can't wait to yes. help them understand like, Hey, go try it. If you fail, I'm here for you. Lean on me. I failed too. And it's important to fail because it's a stepping stone to all of the success that you have to look forward to. You got an F dude. Good for you. What could you have changed? Let's debrief. <laughs> so you got an F that's all right, right? Like let's figure out what happened and let's, let's work towards something, something else. And I'm here for you. But, um, uh, Along this line, I want to ask you a question. I'm going to read two quotes. Actually, one of them's from Grant, Grant Cardone. You mentioned the 10X rule. Yep. And then um, I'm going to ask you one question here as we, as we head out. Um, but uh, yeah, mindset plays a major, major role in, in what we're getting to. And uh, one of the things, so Grant says this, um, and I guess this is more related to kind of this work ethic stuff that we talked about, but I want to go back to mindset. He says, most people only work enough so that it feels like work says, whereas successful people work at a pace that gets such satisfying results, that work is a reward. <laughs> I love this. Man, it's like that. fun, right? I like it's, that. I love it. Truly successful people don't even call it work. For them, it's a passion. And oftentimes I find myself at my desk at 10 o'clock at night because dude, I, I just, I love working. <laughs> I think it's so fun, you know? Um, and uh, this guy, this Danish soccer champion, uh, GK Nielsen, he said, successful people are not gifted. They just work hard, then they succeed on purpose, <laughs> and I think that's. I love that. I do it's not, too. It's not. It's not, a, it's not an accident. Yeah, you know? I think that's what uh, some some bystanders tend to think is, uh, man, these guys got lucky. Yeah. As man, the, the harder I work, the luckier I get. It's, it's kind of uh, interesting how that works. But uh, uh, I love that though. Uh, they work until they feel like they're working, then they quit. Man, you can see that in the gym, right? Yes, you can. Uh, I remember. I think it was. A, I think it was an interview between. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Muhammad Ali 
I want to say, I, I could have it wrong, but, or it might've been a reporter or something was asking uh, Muhammad Ali about, you know, how many sit-ups he does. What's, what's the, what's his max sit-ups. And he, his answer was something like, I don't know, because I don't start counting until it hurts. Wow. So all, all those reps, it takes him to get to burning pain. Doesn't count in his mind. He's not even counting them because the, the reps that count, the reps that really count that really do you any good are the ones that show up after the burn. Right. And that's, that's a amazing principle of physical fitness that, that perfectly parallels our, our mental and emotional and, and professional health. Right. Uh, it's like uh, David Goggins. Uh, if you, you oh, dude. let's do that guy, uh, incredibly inspiring, but he has that whole, uh, uh, was it the 40% rule? You're, you got this governor in your body that's going to stop you, right? So when you reach a certain level of pain or you go so far, your body's going to want to shut down. And he said, uh, when you get there, you're at 40% of your capacity. I think I'm getting that. I, I think I'm getting that right. 40%. So you got another that's 60% right. to go, right? So when you want to quit, uh, you're not even halfway there. You know, when you look, when you think of what you can really accomplish, but I, I, I you know, you got to remind yourself of that, you know, and that's true. Even emotionally, you can hit really hard times and you've got so much more capacity to deal with stuff than you think you do. I mean, uh, if, if you're really put to the test, man, it's incredible what the human mind can get through. Um, but you kind of have to believe it and be confident enough to step up and, and handle it. Yeah. Yes, you do, man. And boy, do I love David Goggins. That guy's another kind of like superhuman. Like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I look at him and I'm like, how, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, he's, he's it's like a, just a, a, a master of the brain. Man. Yes, he is. It, it's, it's just math, just a mental sense day. Yeah, it is, man. And so I guess the, the cool thing I, I love about what you uh, just explained with all of this, it, it goes me, it, it goes going back to this idea of the gym, David Goggins, everything we've kind of talked about here. It kind of sums up like the more the more uh, we're willing to fail, the more we're going to win because the I mean, muscle is being broken down in order to be built back up. You cannot go to the gym and gain muscle unless it's being torn apart. It's it's cracking. It's breaking like a chicken can't hatch unless the shell is broken and it has to it has to break out of it on its own, which is an amazing thing. It's got to go through that period of busting where it used to live to become something different caterpillars and butterflies are the same thing they break out of this thing and become better more beautiful you know in in uh, their potential so i think it's great i want to ask you here's as the as the last question here uh james allen wrote the book as a man thinketh and this is my favorite question to ask people um he's he said this in in the book he said your your mind is a garden and your thoughts are the seeds he says you can grow flowers or you can grow weeds and so what I want to ask you is, you know, in, in this world that we're currently living in right now, a lot of people, a lot of people like to focus on negative things. And it kills me, dude. It just kills me. I mean, who cares about what's going on in the world other than like, what can I do? What strategies can I employ to get what I want and help people? Right. That's that's it. And so what yeah. are you currently doing to, and, and how are you growing? What, what are you putting in your mind to do what you've done? Cause you've done some amazing things. You know, I think a lot of it is focus. You know, what are you focusing on? And it's funny you, you, you mentioned that question. Cause I just read this quote, uh, I think just a couple of days ago um, by a uh, Daniel Kahneman. He said, nothing in life is as important as you think it is while you're thinking about it. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. So you think about that now. I may not, I mean, I may disagree. I mean, there, if you're, if I'm thinking about how important my relationship is with my wife, you know, I don't think that thinking about that more is going to uh, uh, underestimate how important that is, you know, but we tend to do this with, with uh, the challenges in our lives, right? Uh, yeah. The more you focus on something, uh, the, the bigger it gets, right? So if you're, if you're just focusing on your pain, it, you're going to feel like you're in greater pain, right? If you focus on something that went wrong with your business, it's just going to become this massive problem and it's going to overwhelm you. It, it could cripple you, right? Uh, and put you into this dark hole, this abyss. And, and for some people, it's paralyzing. It can get that bad. But I think the, what you have to do in those moments is change your focus, force yourself 
to change your focus. Um, I can't remember which book I read this in, but it said one of the, one of the signs or, or one common habit of very successful people is they spend twice as much time thinking about their prior accomplishments. And you, you wow. think about that for, you think of what that does for you. You focus on things you've achieved in the past, like focus on stuff you've, you've, you've beat and you won and you did some cool, focus on that. And I don't know, that, I don't know that there's anything that can give you uh, more ability to overcome, right. And, and, and do good things, but yeah, whatever you're, whatever you're focusing on, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get that. You're going to get a whole lot of it. Um, but I, I love that quote. Nothing in life is as important as you think it is while you're thinking about it. So That's get amazing. your mind off of it. If you just get your mind off of it, it'll get smaller, right? Uh, according to that principle, if you just stop thinking about this problem and think about something else immediately, it's smaller. It's, it's not as important and you're better off, right? So focus on, focus on the good stuff. Dude, I absolutely love that. Um, in conclusion here, I just want to say, I mean, thank you so much. And what's amazing, I mean, whether people look at Jesus as a teacher, a religious leader, I mean, a, a redeemer, right? Whoever people see him as, what I think is amazing is what he taught, right? It's, it's incredible what he taught and what he said. He said, the light of the body is the eye. And what I think is amazing is the eye is a symbol of where we're focused. And mm -hmm. so... If, if we are focused, we can fill our bodies. He, he, he says, those with an eye single to his glory, their bodies will be filled with light, right? And what's interesting is, so if we're focused on things that aren't good, where our eyes are looking, we're going to be, we're going to fill ourselves, our bodies, our minds with whatever it is that we choose to ruminate on. So I love what you just taught everyone, this idea of focus on the good things, the accomplishments, think about the achievements that you've had and how you can use those to move yourself, uh, move yourself forward. I just, I, uh, I love, I love that idea of your eyes single to his glory. You'll be filled with light. Well, what's his glory? His glory is, is all of us, his children, right? Helping, yes. helping all of us. So if your focus is in helping his children, it's kind of, you know, my, my own interpretation of that, um, your mind will be filled with light and with light comes clarity, right? And, uh, darkness is dispelled and there goes your fear. There goes your anxiety. There goes your depression, right? So if your focus is on doing the best thing you can for other people, I just think there's nothing that's going to propel you more in life, uh, socially, financially, you know, in business, you name it. I think that's a, that's a secret sauce right there. Dude, that is the secret sauce, man. I am, I am so grateful to have had you on the show. I hope every single person listening to this show takes time to listen to it and re-listen to it and takes out a pad of paper with a pen and takes some notes. Uh, Nate, Nate is the real deal. Um, obviously, I mean, I know Nate is not only a good friend, he's my brother. I mean, incredible person and uh, has accomplished some exceptional things in his life by employing some of these ideas that he's talked about today. So I just want to express my sincere gratitude and appreciation to have you on the show. And yeah, man, we'll have to, we're going to need to do this again. This was really, really awesome. Man, Roger, you're the man. You're the man. Dude. You're inspiring. Uh, you you uh, push me to be a better person. Oh, likewise, my friend. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on today, brother. All right, man. Thanks. Oh, you bet.